Doesn't that beat just want you guys to like get up and dance? I don't know. <laughs> she said, you start. Maybe Friday night of the pizza night. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I got a question for you. We are in week five of this series. And we've been talking a lot, a lot of stuff. Hopefully we've been learning a lot. Uh, I still got a lot to learn. We've still got a lot to learn. But I'm excited that like, this lays the foundation. So I, I have to ask you, what has been your experience so far? Like what has been your experience as we've been learning about the Holy Spirit? Uh, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, Jamie, um, my experience has really been nothing that I haven't experienced before. Like, like I've tried to pray and nothing's really happening. Uh, and if that's you, I want to hear your story. I want to hear about it. And let's remember, God's not like you push an easy button and he shows up like that. There might be all sorts of ways that the Holy Spirit is working behind the scenes that you may not be aware of. Or maybe you're like, man, I've been praying and I had this crazy experience with the Holy Spirit. Or I've been praying and I saw this vision or, or I had this experience or I just experienced tremendous peace in what I'm going through in life. Or I really have questions and I'm really struggling and, and I really started, am starting to receive some direction on what step to take next. And man, it's going to require a lot of faith, but I'm, I'm positive the Holy Spirit is leading me towards that direction. So what has been your experience? I'd love it for you to text me, email me, call me, uh, let me know what has been going on in your spiritual walk. Sometimes I think you guys think that I just have conversations with people all week long and people are always emailing me and like, oh, tell me how great Jesus is. That's not always the case. So I want to hear from this community what the Holy Spirit is doing in our midst. All right? That's your invitation. We've been talking about the evidence of the Holy Spirit, right? As we follow Jesus, as we follow the Holy Spirit, as we make room for him. Last week we talked about how do we garden our lives so we can cultivate this environment in which the Holy Spirit will move. And then what's the evidence that we are seeing? How do we measure Things Like if you're a leadership guru or coming from a business uh, type background, a popular phrase is something along, of, along the lines of, uh, we can't improve what we don't measure. Or another way that I've heard it, what's measured grows. See, often we, we come here and we, we go, yeah, we'll measure it by, by numbers, we measure it by finances, we measure it by people, we measure it by, we have all these metrics kind of put in place. And in your life, you probably have all these metrics that you put in place. My bank account is either growing or it's shrinking. And that is a primary metric by how I determine how life is going. Uh, I'm either ascending in my job or I'm staying stagnant. I'm either jumping to a new position or I'm staying put. We have all these measurements uh, that we live our lives based on. What if we started to add in the metric, what is the evidence of the Holy Spirit? What's the evidence of the Holy Spirit in this community? 
the gifts of the Holy Spirit that, that, that God gives the church to do the ministry that he's calling them to. The fruit of the Spirit. And it's just not one fruit. You can't just be like, well, I'm getting really patient uh, this last year, but I really uh, am not loving people very well. It is the fruit. And towards the end of the message last week, we asked ourselves, like, if we aren't seeing the fruit in our lives, maybe it's time to start asking questions. The Holy Spirit empowers, gives gifts, gives fruit, sends us out on a mission, sends us into a broken and into a hurting world. And the Spirit empowers us, you and I, to be healed, to be transformed, and to go out and be the light in this broken and hurting world. And I don't know if you've looked around lately, But the church, the capital C church, hasn't been doing a great job of being the light this last year. And we get to be a part of making that better. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of being the light in this world. And it can only happen through the work and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Joyce Meyer wrote this quote, many people feel so pressured by the expectations of others that it causes them to be frustrated, miserable, confused on what they should do. But there is a way to live a simple, joy-filled, peaceful Life, And the key is learning how to be led by the Holy Spirit, not the traditions or expectations of man. This author from another book, John Tyson, said, Each day we have a choice to be led by the Spirit or to run after other things. Each day we have a choice to be filled with the breath of the Spirit allowing his life-giving love and power to permeate every part of us so that we are filled to the fullness of God. Ephesians 3.19, or to run after other sources of life and power, becoming once again exhausted, empty, and dry. How many would look at your life right now And say, that pretty much sums up my life. I'm exhausted, I'm empty, and I'm dry. Life is hard. Right? And if you feel like that, it may be an indication that we may need to do some work on cultivating an environment for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. You might be sitting here going, man, I I don't know how to do this. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm not really sure 
what that actually means. Like, I'm not sure how to walk in the Spirit like we talked about last week. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to walk in the Spirit. Hopefully, it will help a little bit. And then next week, uh, we are going to talk about some vision. And I'm going to ask a bunch of questions and give us some room to pray. And we're going to talk about vision and what the Holy Spirit is doing. But Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to read out of the living, uh, New Living Translation. Uh, so it says this, Ephesians chapter 5. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those that are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because it will ruin your life. You could substitute wine for any, uh, any other kind of alcohol. Uh, you can't just be like, oh, well, he didn't say uh, vodka, so I'm good. No, any type of altering substance like that. He's saying, don't. Be filled with it. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then I'll add on a tagline of the next section of verses. When it was originally written, you don't have these nice, neat little titles. So the next part is uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, he's, it's a recap of what he's been talking about in this letter. And at the heart of it, he's saying, look, be careful how you live. Live intentionally. Live purposefully. Be intentional with how you spend your time, what you think about, what you do with your hands, what you do with your bodies, what you do as your life's work. Be intentional about it. And then he kind of sets up these three categories. And he says, look, don't live like fools. Don't be unwise, but be wise. This is living according to the word. Throughout scripture, it talks about wise living is, a, is living up to God's standards. It's following the ways of God. So he's saying, don't live like fools, but live like a wise person who's following God, making the most of every opportunity. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So he's walking down this list of three, and he's saying, don't do this, do this. Don't do this, do this. And then he gets to this part. He says, do not be drunk, because it will ruin your life. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a couple different reasons why Paul probably uses this language. Uh, one might be he's addressing an issue in, in the, the Ephesus culture that the church is struggling with. He, he might be going, look, 
There's a lot of people getting drunk, uh, uh, drinking too much wine. Uh, that's what the pagans God do. Pagans, uh, pagan gods uh, demand that you get drunk so you have this some spiritual experience. And so he might be writing this as a reaction to what's happening culturally in the city of Ephesus, in the church of Ephesus. And I think that's probably half of it. I think the other part is he's contrasting life uh, being drunk and life in the spirit. So I have a question for you. Have you ever been drunk? Don't raise your hand. Don't really answer that. Uh, have you ever drank too much? Have you ever been drunk? Or maybe if you, you know, this is church. We don't want to be too real here. Uh, have you ever seen somebody drunk? And then maybe that's even a little uncomfortable for you. But like, have you ever seen a, an actor play in a movie part like they were drunk? If you, any of those experiences, raise your hand. All right. What happens to people when they have too much alcohol to drink? What happens to people when they are filled up with alcohol? What's the first thing to go? Speech, right? Start slurring your speech. Start not making sense. Like you're saying all sorts of crazy things. People around you are like, what? what's going on? You need some help. What's the second thing to go? Your motor skills, how you walk. The last thing to go is how you think. So Paul is contrasting living drunk, being filled up with alcohol. It affects how you talk, it affects how you walk, and it affects how you think. You can spot someone who's been filled up with alcohol from a long ways away, can't you? Like, we live, our church is in close proximity to something called Water Street. And every couple times a year, I don't know what happens in, on Water Street, but something does. I believe it has something to do with a pickle. And uh, there was a couple years ago that I was wa- walking, driving to church like 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning getting ready for church. And I saw people that were filled up with something. And they could not walk down the street properly. I could tell where they had been that morning. And it was only 10 a.m. I said a prayer for them. It was going to be a long day for them. But I could tell that they were filled up with something. You can tell by how someone talks, by some, how someone walks, how someone thinks, what they are filled up with. And maybe you're somebody who doesn't drink. You're going, this illustration doesn't, it doesn't mean anything for me because I don't drink. Well, you could substitute other things in this, right? Like it just doesn't have to be, don't get drunk off alcohol. You could substitute whatever, substitute whatever it is that your main struggle is with. Some of you, it's social media, And I am filled up with social media, what I see, what I experience, uh, what, who likes my stuff, who shares my stuff, like how much attention can I get? Some of you are filled up with what you are 
experiencing on social media and it's affecting the way that you talk, the way that you walk, and the way that you think. You could be filled up with all sorts of things. And Paul is going, what are you filled up with? Don't be filled up with this. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, In the, the language here, just to make you feel safe and comfortable, these aren't options for Paul. These are commands. Don't get drunk and be filled. And this filling isn't like, oh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit a long time ago and I'm good now. No, no, no. This filling is a be filling with the Holy Spirit. Every day be filled with the Holy Spirit so that it affects how you talk, so that it affects how you walk, and so it affects how you think. So ask yourself, what am I filled with right now? In my life, what am I filled with? Because whatever it is you're filled with, it will affect how you talk, how you walk, and how you think. Paul is going, be filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. Every day, it's a new filling. Every day, you're cultivating space for the Holy Spirit to work in your life. And then the evidence of the Holy Spirit, what we've been talking about, is how you talk, how you walk, and how you think. If there's something going on here, It's a good time to ask some serious questions about what you're being filled with. And then Paul gives some examples of what it means, what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. You sing psalms, sing songs amongst yourselves, you make music together. To the Lord in your hearts, you sing, you give thanks for everything to God the Father. And then here's this interesting line, uh, submit to one another. And you can go on, it, 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 Paul gets into this household, household codes of what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit and what it looks like to submit to one another. Now, Submitting to one another, it's not the way that you think it is, right? Submitting to one another is really a place of power, and you are placing yourself under another person. You are serving. You are loving. We think of submission as like, you are not in the place of power. You are actually, there is somebody with authority over you that is making you submit to their demands and their wishes. Biblically, that's not what they mean when they say submission. Like think of Philippians chapter two, 
when it says do nothing out of vain conceit, but in humility serve each other, look to others, to their interests, to their desires. And then it has this beautiful poetry section where it talks about Jesus, how he took himself down, he considered himself nothing so that you and I can live. If you want to go read it, you can look through Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. This is what submission looks like for Paul. It looks like Jesus, serving, loving, in humility. What you are filled with affects the way you talk, the way that you walk, and the way that you think. So what are you filled with? What are you filling yourself with every day? Uh, real quick, uh, we started this series by looking at chap- uh, the book of John and Jesus' words about the Holy Spirit. And we started in chapters 14. We also talked about chapters 16, but we left out chapter 15. Chapter 15 is really important. And it's really interesting because Jesus says, look, I'm going to send you uh, someone to work on your behalf. I'm going to send an advisor. The Holy Spirit is going to come. He's going to be with you. He's going to empower you. He's going to convict you. He's going to teach you. All these things, he's going to be with you. Remember, we talked about Father, heaven, Jesus, heaven, Holy Spirit, here on earth, working and moving. Well, sandwiched right in between these two chapters on the Holy Spirit is Jesus saying this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Then he gives us warning. If you don't remain in me, You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. For this is to my Father's glory for you, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." Jesus is the vine. What is our job? Remain. Be connected to. Because it changes the way that we talk. It changes the way that we walk. And it changes the way that we think. So in between these two verses about the Holy Spirit, there is this one chapter where Jesus says, look, remain in me. Remain in me. I'll take care of everything else. Be filled on a daily basis. Walk in the spirit that I've sent to accompany you, to be with you, to empower you, to correct you, to guide you. 
Walk. Be filled. Remain. Walk, be filled, remain. How do you do this? Uh, I want to encourage you. There's something uh, in the theological world, it's called developing a rule of life. And this developing a rule of life is basically you looking at your life, uh, your day, your week, your month, your year, and going, I am going to set some rules or boundaries in place so that I can garden my life well and cultivate an environment to where I am daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, putting myself in a place where I can hear and be shaped by the Holy Spirit so that I can walk so that I can be filled, so that I can remain. Developing a rule of life is simply just what are your patterns, what are your habits on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. So as you look at the landscape of your life, what do each of those things look like? Where do you engage with Scripture? Where do you engage with Jesus? Like, where, how do you read Scripture? Where do you set aside time to pray? To talk to Jesus, to talk to the Holy Spirit, to just be silent and just listen. Where are those places in your life? Where, on a daily basis, uh, a little while ago, we used uh, this app uh, that every, on the app, the whole purpose of it was when you come home from work, you spend an extra minute in your car and just sit there and say, Jesus, I'm yours. Everything that happened today is yours. I'm not shaped by it. You are my identity. Please fill me up. Where, where do we stop and where do we do that on a daily basis? Could be in the morning. Could be uh, when you receive your meal. You set aside time to really give thanks for what Jesus is providing in your life. Maybe it's before you go to bed. You take some time and go, how did this day go? Uh, how are my thoughts during this day? What made me sad? What frustrated me? What made me angry? Jesus, will you work in all this and help me sort all this stuff out and help me grow? Where do you become aware of the work? Where do you stop and become aware of the work that Jesus is doing in your life? Where do you stop producing or doing? And where do you start being? This is what the whole idea of setting aside a Sabbath day is all about. One day a week where I'm not going to produce anything or I'm not going to do anything that kicks me into this mode where I am in charge and Jesus is not. Where are you setting up these places in your life? Where are you meeting up with other Christ followers? And sitting, praying, talking, asking how you're doing, being intentional about conversation. It's why people come to church on a weekly basis. It's part of your rule of life. 
Every week, I'm going to come to this place. I'm going to meet with these people. I'm going to be reminded of what the Holy Spirit's doing, who Jesus is. I'm going to read some scripture. I'm going to pray. I'm going to sing. I'm going to connect with some people. This is part of a rule of life for us. Every week, we get centered. What do you do the rest of the week? How do you get centered on Jesus and allow space for the Holy Spirit to work? Developing a rule of life is just organizing your life to give space for the Holy Spirit to work. Uh, practical example. Uh, during the pandemic, uh, we got a nice used hot tub. And uh, I'll often go out after kids go to bed and I'll just go out there and I just pray. And there are times when I feel this peace. There's times when I feel the Holy Spirit talking to me. There's other times when I feel nothing and I am just listening. I'm just sitting there staring up at the stars sitting in this universe that the creator made and just listening, just making myself available for when he wants to speak. Where are you creating spaces for that in your life? Developing a rule of life or organizing your life in this way is a way of walking with the spirit. It's a way of remaining, creating intentional places in your life that are set aside. Really cool thing, uh, one of my favorite verses is Romans 8, 26. It says, even, paraphrase, even when you don't know what to pray for, the Spirit's praying on your behalf. So if you're sitting here, you're like, man, I'm just sitting here in my favorite chair in the morning. I read some scripture and I'm just praying and I'm talking to Jesus and I don't feel like really anything is happening. It's okay. Keep doing it. Because the Spirit's praying on your behalf and as you do that, you are cultivating space for Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to move and work in your life. Walk, be filled, remain. As the worship team comes up, this is a little test for you, a litmus test. Think about last year when everything went crazy, and I mean everything. When everything went crazy, when all of our schedules changed, when all of our routines changed, when the stresses piled on, here's an honest question. How was your relationship with Jesus? What broke in that season? Maybe you're saying this morning, this last year, I grew so much in Jesus. I, like, there's never been another year like it. I grew so much in the Holy Spirit. And maybe you're sitting here thinking, man, this last year, everything broke for me. I stopped going to church. I stopped hanging out with friends. I stopped reading scripture. Everything just fell apart. 
I talked with one friend who said, I don't feel close to Jesus anymore. All these things broke in my life. I had systems. I had ways of doing these things before. And the last year halted all of it. And now I don't feel close to Jesus. Well, yeah. That's what happens when we don't walk, when we don't remain. When we aren't filled on a daily basis. If you can't be filled on a daily basis, go ahead, start with a weekly basis. The point isn't how, it's that you are. So worship team is going to play through a little song here, and then they're going to finish with one last song. But I wanted to create some space. Shelly's going to play. And I just want you to sit and pray and think. And maybe you want to pray about developing a rule of life. And you want to take this time to jot down some notes. Oh, I'm not real intentional with my time. Or I haven't built in these things in my life. And and I want to start to do that. Maybe it starts with praying every morning. Maybe it starts with reading scripture over lunch. Maybe it starts with just saying thank you to God at the end of the day. But maybe you want to think about for just a minute how you can develop a rule of life that cultivates space for the Holy Spirit to work. Maybe you just want to spend this minute praying that you are filled and you keep being filled by the Holy Spirit. Shelly's going to play through some music. This time is yours. If you need prayer for something, uh, come on up. Amanda will be up here. I will be up here. Come on up and let us pray for you. Or turn to your neighbor and say, will you pray for me? But let's take some time to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.